Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. You know, I'm trying to figure out, sometimes you come out of the, of the gate and you try to warm people up a little bit. Well, I'm kind of coming out running today. And, and you know, I, I, I'm not going to warm you up because I'm already hot. So, so I'm, I, I'm, really, I, I'm really excited about what the Lord's put on my heart. So I, I'm just going to like jump in. And I just want you to run with me because there's a truth that I want you to receive in your heart. And that is the revelation of the authority and the power that you have in prayer. Your prayers matter. And the authority that has been given to us in Christ Jesus is powerful. And when we come into prayer, we can't just, we're not to be feeling like our prayers are like, hitting the ceiling, and they're coming back down. They're not hitting the mark. Or you feel like, I don't know, my, you know, God doesn't hear my prayers. I'll just let somebody else pray. The reality is, you have been given an enormous authority in Christ Jesus. And in that, I want this authority. It really, honestly, if Paul prays that you would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That this is a revelatory thing that I want you to ask the Lord to unfold, that the eyes of your heart be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of his glory in the inheritance of the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness? Paul says, I want you to come to know what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards those who believe surpassing greatness of his power. So in that, when it comes to prayer, it's all about authority. And so Colossians 1.18 says this in the Moffat translation. This is an old translation. He said, also, he is the head of the body. Hear that. He is the head of the body. That is of the church. So in the mind of God, in a spiritual sense, we are the body and Christ is the head. So in that, Christ cannot remove himself from his body. I want you to understand this. If I called my daughter here and I said, Elise, please come over here and be with me right now. But just bring your head. That's ludicrous. She can't just bring her head. Her body's got to come with her. So in that, when Christ went to the cross, his body went with him. Who is his body? We are his body. So when Christ was crucified, we were crucified. Spiritually, I want you to understand this. 
Because Galatians 2.20 says this. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Colossians 1.22 says, he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless. Through his body, he reconciled you. He died for you. He shed his blood for you that he might make you holy and blameless before God. And not only were we crucified with Christ, we are also buried with him. Because as the head goes, what? So goes the body. What is Romans 6, 4 says? It says this. Paul says, therefore, we have been buried with him in baptism into death. So not only are we crucified with him, we're also buried with him. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. You might be thinking, well, this is like a little bit intense, aren't you? You know, come on, lighten up. But Christ was also raised from the dead. So guess who also was raised from the dead? We are raised from the dead because Paul says in Ephesians 2, 6, for Though we were once dead in our trespasses and sin, Ephesians 2.6 says, He raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where is this heavenly place that Christ is? Far above all power, authority, and dominion. So in the realm of the third heaven... You are now there positioned with Christ in heavenly places. What that means is you're praying from this place of authority and you are executing the victory of the cross on the earth, on the here and now. And in that, you got to understand, it's positionally, it's where you are. It's not, you're not just here on this earth. Yeah, we are in the natural, but in a spiritual sense, in the mind of God, you were crucified with him. You were buried with him. You were raised with him and are seated in the realm where Christ is. So in that, because Christ is sitting at the right hand of his papa, you know, the right hand of any king is, is the authority, the right hand. He's sitting at the right hand. So it's a place of authority. So in that, positionally, this is where you are in that realm in the mind of God. So the Lord wants you to begin to learn how to pray from a place of faith and not fear. You've got to understand that, that faith is the element that kicks in this realm and the authority that you have and fear has got to go. So when Christ was ascended into glory, he gave his authority to us. He said, my authority I give unto you. So this very authority that he had is incredible because, and we are to stand in this authority and we're to enforce this victory that he won on the cross in the here and now. So we are the enforcers on this earth. So we 
in that realm of authority, we don't approach God begging him, pleading with him, please change my situation. The devil's wearing me out. And, you know, we got to understand that, you know, a lot of times when we're in a place of a feeling like we got to just whip up on the devil, that is so foolish. Why are you thinking you have to whip up on somebody that's already been whipped up? I mean, he's already been defeated. He's already been destroyed. He's been dethroned. Dethroned. That's another one. He's just been dethroned. So he's been stripped of all of his power. So why are we having to feel like we got to whip it up on him? You know, I'm going to go after the devil. He's already been taken care of. But if you don't know that authority that you have, and you don't know that you're really in charge, he knows if you know that you don't know that you're in authority. <laughs> he does. He knows it. He said, you know, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. <laughs> I don't know you, though. He knows, he recognizes authority. Do you realize that? He recognizes those that are, that, are, that are in authority and they know it. So I want us to begin to, to approach this whole understanding in light of the fact that, you know, when Jesus came on the scene, the enemy recognized him and they spoke out, hey, have you come here to torment us before the time? They realized he was, he was the chief. He was the master. What we need to come to in a place that when we step into a room, the enemy recognizes who's in authority, and he flees from your presence, just like he fleed from Christ's presence. So spiritual authority can be compared a lot to natural authority. I have physical authority over my life, over my family, over my home, over this church, but I don't have physical authority over my neighbor's house. I just can't go to my neighbor's house and say, all right, I'm in charge now. This is my house. I do like this house. This is a nice house. Can I have dinner here tonight? I'm going to have dinner here tonight. I can't just go into my neighbor's house and take over. Why? Because I don't own the house. I don't have the deed to the house. So I can't just execute my authority in, in the physical realm that way. A lot of times it's just like that in the spiritual realm. You have authority over your life, over your, your, your relationships, your family, your, 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 um, your children, over your, your, your destiny, over your workplace. You have authority over those areas spiritually. We can't just cross the line and dictate something in someone else's life because they have a free will. I don't have authority, you know, to, to try to execute that authority. That's just, that's just over authority. That's spiritual abuse. But the reality is 
Physical authority is in the same realm as spiritual authority. So I really think a good place to start is how we've been given this authority. We need to go back to when it all began. Mark 1, verse 24 through 25. So they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. And they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So according to this passage of Scripture, the demon knew who Jesus was. He recognized him. He recognized his authority. And people were even marveled and astonished as as he taught with authority because it wasn't like the scribes. They're like, man, the scribes, when they teach, it's like flatline. It's like, oh, there's nothing here. But when you speak, your words carry power and authority. And they were astonished. And so both people and the demons recognized Jesus' authority. So when Jesus began his public ministry after being baptized at the age of 30, immediately the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness to have a confrontation with demonic forces. And these forces, see, the demonic forces on the earth have been working, they were unhindered through all the ages. There was nothing to stop them. And they held men in bondage, and they reigned as kings in the, in the spiritual realm. And no one had authority to dispossess them or, or to get rid of them. Because they were in authority to rule over everybody. And, but when Jesus came into the scene, demons feared him. Why were the demons afraid of Jesus? We can find the answer in Luke 4, 1 through 13, which is a story of the temptation of Jesus. So the first thing that happened after Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. It says here, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell his, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory for it has been handed over to me thanks to Adam, it shall all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall not worship the Lord your God. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand in the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on your hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. 
And when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Demons were afraid of Jesus because the devil's first confrontation with him in the wilderness, Jesus proved that he was the master over the devil. He mastered him at every move that he made. You know, you play check, you play chess, what do you do? You check. You checkmate them. You know, you stop their move. Jesus mastered him. Just mastered him in the wilderness. He tempted them for 40 days. Everything that happened, everything that went on, he always had the upper hand, and the devil recognized, oh my goodness, we are dealing with, we are dealing with the real, real one that's got authority, and it's not us. And so in that, every move he made, he was able to thwart it by saying, it is written. When we are dealing with the enemy, we have got to use and understand this pattern that, that the final word is the word. And what the word says shall be established. It is all authority. So when we speak the word, live the word, declare the word, it is what causes the enemy to have to flee in your situation. So throughout the Gospels, demons recognized Jesus and they cried out to him. Look at Matthew 8, 29. And they cried out saying, what business do we have with each other, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Notice that they know the time for their torment is coming very quickly. So let's look at Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him. I want you to say that with me. Destroy him. Who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and released those through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I like also what the Passion Translation says. He annihilated the effects of the intimidating accuser. I like that. And Jesus isn't talking about physical death in this passage. I want you to understand this. Physical death will eventually be put under the foot. But Jesus is talking here about spiritual death. I want you to understand this. I love what we just read. That through death he might destroy him. But Jesus didn't literally destroy him because in this passage, you know, Satan still exists. He's still around. He's still operating. So what is he saying? If something is destroyed... It ceases to exist. But what Jesus did, what he did do, is that he destroyed the effects of him. He destroyed, he, it basically means that he paralyzed him. He rendered him powerless. He brought him to nothing. The death-dealing power of Satan, he neutralized. In other words, Jesus conquered him. He has 
been brought to nothing. Revelation 1, 17 through 18, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and of Hades. So if we read Revelation 1, 17 and 2, 14 together, we will readily see who has the power and who does not have the power. Jesus conquered Satan and he has all authority over him. Colossians 2.15 tells us that Jesus, having spoiled Satan's powers and made an open show of him, it says this, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. But you know what? I'm not sure that spoiled really captures or describes best what happened. So let's look at just two other translations. The Passion says, stripping away every weapon. The RSV says, he disarmed him. The ISB says, he defeated the spiritual rulers and powers. See, when Jesus defeated Satan and his demons, spoiling principalities and powers, he gained for us an eternal redemption. It's eternal. Hebrews 9.12 says this, And not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So we see just in these, in these few verses, as we've read thee, that, that his time on the earth, he defeated Satan at every contact. Every, every maneuver, he outsmarted him, he outthought uh, him, he always was mastering him. So from the time of his temptation until his surrender on the cross, Jesus defeated Satan at every single turn. So when he died and from when he died and rose from the dead, he entered into the Holy of Holies, obtaining an eternal redemption for us all. Satan and his demon forces may still, they're still called the prince of this world. Do you know that? Because in that, even though he's the prince of this world, the good news is that he has been dethroned. I like that word. I want you to remember that word dethroned. And he has no right to rule and reign like he used to. He's been dethroned. And in that, we got to understand that in dethroning him, he has been rendered powerless over your life. And this is the positional status that we are to stand in as believers on this earth. Because the, the reality is, is that when we walk out from this place today, wherever we go, 
wherever we go, on your workplace, and, 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 and in your family, and in dealing in the affairs of life, you've got to realize you are carrying that same authority that Jesus had. So that where the enemy wants to come and try to influence, block, hinder, come against, deal with you and try to bring a, a blow to your heart and to hurt you, the reality is, is that you can stand there and say, enough. You know, the scripture says that in Matthew, those things that you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, right? And also whatever is loosened on earth is loosened in heaven. Well, that, that translation can also be said, whatever you forbid on earth shall be forbidden in heaven. So you have the authority, and let's just say that the enemy is coming against your children and is trying to influence them in a certain realm. You have the authority in Christ to say, I forbid you to operate and to maneuver and to release your schemes against my children. You are off limits. I forbid you now, and I command you to leave them now in the name and in the authority of Jesus Christ. So what you have just done, you have forbidden the operation of the evil one. And what Jesus says, okay, if you forbid it, I'll forbid it in heaven. But you got to do it. So when you stand in that authority and you forbid the operation of the evil one that's trying to influence your children, trying to come against your marriage, trying to come against your finances, you can say, all right now, I have been given the authority in this situation and you cannot just be free willy over my life. So you stand against it and you stand in your authority and you're believing for the victory of the Lord to manifest. Why? Because the victory's been won. All you're doing is enforcing it. You're just saying, this victory is to manifest in the here and now in my life. And so in that, when you come into prayer, you first come into the mindset that you're praying from a positional place. You got the high ground. How do you have the high ground in prayer? Because you're seated up there. You're seated above all powers and principalities and powers in the heavenlies. Positionally, you are up there. And you're praying from a place of authority. You're not just sitting here, oh God, please help me. Oh Lord, it's not looking good down here. You know, he's saying, come on. I've really paid a big price for your victory. I prayed a big price for your salvation and your redemption. Now stand up and act like it. Really? And so in that, we are realizing we're not here trying to pick a fight. We're just entering into a good fight because it's a fight that you don't have to really win because it's already been won. So you don't have to go ahead and listen. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to wrestle with the enemy and go toe to toe with him. You don't have to. He's already, he's like, he just wants you to believe that. So in that, this is an area that God wants us to, to grow up in and have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God 
in knowing this positional status of authority that we have in Jesus. Because standing in the authority of Jesus is how you release the promises of God in your life. What is one of the promises? That by His stripes we are healed. You're healed. It's already been paid for. So in that, He has released you from the effects of the evil one. He spoiled him. He's dethroned him. But I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 2.6. This is in the King James Version. I always love this language. Kind of. <laughs> kind of being facetious here. But um, how bad we speak wisdom among them that are perfect Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Who are the princes of this world? The demonic forces. They've been brought to naught. They've been neutralized. This is what Paul is saying. The Moffat's translation helps us understand what Paul is saying. Only it is not the wisdom of this world or the dethroned powers who rule this world. Get this in your spirit. They are dethroned powers. Dethroned. Satan and all his demon forces have been dethroned. It is important that you let the revelation of this get in your heart. You know what that really means? It means that He's been removed from his throne or place of power or prominence. He's been disposed, deposed. This is Webster's definition. Means to remove from a throne or place of power or prominence to depose. Webster's dictionary. So the reason why so many, I believe, believers have problems with the devil is because they think they're still having to defeat him at every turn. They want to declare war on the devil. You know, that's one, that's one thing that, that over the years in the charismatic churches that I have, I've really struggled with. Well, we're going to declare war on the devil. We're going to go after him. But you know the reason they're doing that is because they're not mature. They don't have this wisdom that Paul is talking about. When you have the wisdom of God, you know Satan and his demons are already defeated. So war has already been declared, and guess what? Jesus won the victory. So when you have God's wisdom on the subject of authority, you are not the least bit afraid of Satan or his demons. You can thank God the devil has been dethroned. Now, I want you to follow me carefully just for a minute. If Satan has his demons and he's been dethroned, why... Are they still ruling the world? 
Why are they still ruling the world? Why, 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 why is they still in operation? Huh? Exactly. Lying, letting, exactly. You invite them in. Also, because the world doesn't know that Satan has been dethroned. They don't believe that he's been dethroned. We're seeing so much evil going on, he can't be dethroned. And that is the reason God wants us to share the gospel with people. Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and dethrone the devil. <laughs> he didn't say that. Mark 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? It is the good news that Jesus has dethroned the devil and he set mankind free from spiritual death. Now that's good news. And when people get a hold of this good news, guess what? Satan can't rule anymore because this good news declares he's been dethroned. And this good news declares that there's an eternal redemption that's been bought for through the blood of our Savior. And spiritual death does not have a hold on me anymore. Death cannot reign in my life anymore because I have been bought with a price and my Savior poured out His precious blood that I might have redemption forever and ever with Him. But you know what? Satan cannot rule in your life as long as you know your authority in Christ. If you preach the gospel to others, guess what happens? He won't be able to rule in their lives. And they come to know this good news that he's actually been dethroned, deposed, He's been rendered powerless. So through his death, Jesus has spoiled Satan, put a stop to Satan, neutralized Satan, paralyzed Satan, crushed Satan, and has dethroned Satan. Does that sound like he's in a pickle? He is. Because he's been displaced by something greater, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. His authority has been taken away. He once ruled over death, and guess what our Savior did? He went into the depths of hell, and he declared to Satan and all his cronies, there's a new sheriff in town, and I'm in charge. Now give me my keys back. Give me the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he snatched the keys from him. He took away that authority. And then he humiliated him. And he paraded him. He dethroned him in front of all of his cronies. And he did that as like a king would 
who's marching into a city in his chariot with, with the defeated ones behind him, bound up. And he got the keys that the enemy had for all these years, thousands of years. And he was defeated. And the keys is where the authority was. And Jesus took it. He said, I paid for this with a high price, with my blood. Give it to me. And then he says, I'm out of here. And he rose from the grave. And the Father lifted him up with the force. The greatest miracle in the Bible is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It is the greatest act of power that the world will ever see is the resurrection of our Savior. He rose him up from the grave and seated him at his right hand. And that was to display that there's an eternal work that's been done that's finished. It's done. So in this understanding that the authority has been stripped away from the evil one and is now in the hands of Jesus... And when Jesus rose, and when he was going home to be with his papa, guess what he did? He said, now my authority, I'm giving to you because I finished my work. I'm finished, but the work is not yet done. And now I want you to walk in that authority that I have won to see my kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know about you, but that's a good reason, enough for me to get really happy. Jesus has dethroned, he's paralyzed, and he's crushed the devil. Satan has no power over our lives because Jesus broke the power of Satan. This would be a really good time for you to say amen. amen. <laughs> you know, when Jesus, when the enemy came around Jesus, they recognized he was in authority and they were afraid of him. It's time for when the enemy comes around you that he recognizes the authority and the power in you in his name and he's afraid of you. The same authority that was given that Jesus had, he's given unto us. Jesus says, I've given you not just authority, I've given you all authority. So the reality is, is that if the enemy is coming around you, wanting to hurt you, thwart you, lie to you, seduce you, whatever the enemy wants, you, you got to, you know, if it smells like a rat, it's a rat. 
You have the authority to shut it down. You have the authority and the power to stand executing the victory of the cross so that the enemy can have no heyday in your backyard anymore. You can't let him in the back door. You know, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. But the reality is, is that he has given this tremendous authority to walk in so that we pray from a place of faith, authority, and power, and not fear. I am not going to be in fear, fearing what might come happen to my family, my children, fear my, the future of my finances, the future of my destiny. I am not going to have any realm of fear. Fear has been broken. Fear has been destroyed. Satan's greatest weapon that he's using is fear. Why? Because when you get in fear, guess what? You forget you're in authority. You do. You forget it. You're like, what's going on? You know, you're just like Superman. It's like kryptonite. You're just like, you just like, you don't, you don't got the power anymore. Your authority is in Jesus. And he's given you this authority. So as the scripture says, walk in it. Walk in it. Believe it. Live it. You're not, this isn't like, you know, you got the big head. You're just, you're humbly submitting yourself under the lordship of Jesus Christ. You're submitting under his lordship. And he says to you, resist the devil. And what? He will flee. But you first are coming under submission of of the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're humbling yourself and you're thanking him for the victory of the cross. And as you submit to him, then as you resist the devil, it says he's got to flee. But he won't flee if he thinks you know that you're not really an authority and that you really got to pick a fight with him and beat him up so that you can win the battle. He's, he knows authority. And the reality is, is that Jesus wants us to grow up and to mature in the things of the Lord and have the wisdom of God in knowing how to pray in the purposes of God. You know, the authority that you have is an authority that is where the enemy is wanting to influence and come in your life. These influential areas are where you can stand and say, no, for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I am so excited, church, about this revelation of being in authority and praying in authority to seeing God's kingdom come. Just recently, I I had a situation with an individual that, um, you you know, have have you ever been talking to somebody and all of a sudden you think, what just happened? 
It's like, it's like the issue just turns on a dime. And then all of a sudden it's like, what is influencing that person? What is that person saying to me? And it's like, you all of a sudden you realize, okay, something's going on right now that doesn't feel right. But the reality is, is that, you know, we, we, we have relationships with people and we, we're, we have communication with, well, this, this situation is that this person blew up with me and was so upset with me. And, and I thought, why is he so upset with me? Why? It just didn't seem right. And, and in that, as, as, as this individual really got upset and actually really wanted to hurt me. And I stood there and I was looking at this and I realized this is trying to come against me. And I have authority in Jesus Christ. And I didn't say it out loud, but you know what I did? I said, I forbid you right now to operate and influence this individual to come at me. I forbid you to speak falsehood and untruth and to try to hurt me. I forbid you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I did this all under my breath. I didn't, I didn't come right out and just, you know, kind of like say, get thee behind me, Satan. I spoke to that, the demon that was operating, trying to flow through him and influence him to hurt me. And I stood my ground and my authority, and it shut down. And the next thing I know, the individual was so grieved over how he just treated me, how he spoke to me. And he was grieved, and he said, I don't know what came over me. Well, I know what came over you. He said, I don't know what came over me. And, and he said, I, I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. There's a lot of things that we contend with that the Lord wants us to begin to take our rightful place and begin to pray in authority over situations because you have authority I had authority in that situation I didn't I don't have authority over the will of that person but I have authority over the demonic force that was trying to influence him and come near me do you understand what I'm trying to get at I'm not I'm not taking authority over that person I'm taking authority over the demonic activity that is trying to hurt me and I said no I'm not going to listen to you anymore and so this is the realm that God wants us to begin to learn to walk in that we might begin to be powerful prayer warriors on this earth. So there are some areas where you might be even recognizing, you know what, I might need to stand up in authority in my family, at the workplace, in this relationship over my life, my destiny, my finances, 
You know, it is a reality that when we, we, first, we first got our home, uh, I'll never forget this, this home that we just, we're living in right now that we bought, that when we were first looking at it, Eliza was walking in through the front door, and all of a sudden there's this little plaque up on the wall. Right up on, is this right up there on the wall? It says, For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. She said, She looked at me like, Mm hmm, this is, a, <laughs> this is going to be my house. I can feel it. I can feel it. And it's so funny. But, you know, I mean, that's how we got to feel. You know, around my family is going to be a God zone that's going to be protected, it's going to be watched over, and it's going to be done through you exercising your authority as a believer in Jesus. So the, the thing that we got to remember when we go into everyday life, any situations that we go into, you got to remember the authority has been given to you by Jesus that he won and he doesn't just take it away the only way that that you're not maybe able to operate fully in it is because you're giving your authority to someone else through fear but as you stand in this authority the mindset that we are to have is that the enemy is dethroned dethroned all the time he's dethroned and that helps us to reset our mind in understanding the fullness of who we are in Christ Jesus and in that they'll make us effectual prayer warriors for him amen amen, amen. well I know y'all thought I was Coming in warm, but I felt like he wanted me to come in hot. So I, I, amen. I am so excited about this, guys, because this is a revelation, I pray, that as Paul said, that the eyes of your, underst uh, your understanding would be enlightened. The eyes of your heart would be open to the revelation of the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. Because this is something that we're to grow in, in authority. This is not something that we're to have, you know, like a big bully, a club. Think, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm the new chief in town. No, we're just to simply walk in this beautiful authority that's been won for us and begin to learn the power that is released within us in prayer. So let's all stand. Lord Jesus, we can't thank you enough for all that you have done in winning the victory for us, for winning the victory of the cross for allowing your flesh to die and be buried and raised from the grave. 
for winning an eternal redemption for us forever and ever through your shed blood. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for winning this glorious victory. We thank you and we praise you, Lord Jesus, that you have given us a commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, the good news that Jesus has dethroned the evil one and through his precious blood has won an eternal redemption and we are set free from spiritual death forevermore. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this glorious victory that you have won. So we want to glory in the cross of our Savior. And we want to thank you for all that you have done for us. And Lord Jesus, I pray that this church would come into its authority that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. And that, Lord, we would begin to pray in through this authority and stand firm in him. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you that, Lord, right now we are with you, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the mind of our Father, that is where we are. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 If you guys... Anyone here needs prayer. You know, the scripture says that as we lay our hands upon the sick, they shall recover. They shall be healed. And that's really a positional place of faith in believing that healing is the children's bread. Healing is ours. And if you're needing healing in your body you're needing God to touch you and minister to you, I want you to come forward. Because it's a simple, you know, with just one word, Jesus healed the sick. One word. And everybody that came to him, he healed them. So the scripture says that Paul says, I pray that you be strengthened through his spirit with power in your inner man so that Christ may dwell where? Within us. In faith. That Christ be formed in us. That he live in us through faith. And if Jesus healed everybody that came to him. And he dwells within you. Do you think Jesus still wants to heal everybody? I do. I think he wants to heal everybody. So if you need healing in your body. I want you to come forward. If there's just any area that you're, you're struggling with, you just need a touch from the Lord, just come forward. And the prayer of faith shall make you well. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for this wonderful church. And, God, I ask right now, in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, you would bless and keep each and every one. And, Lord, I pray that you would bless them and keep them in the authority that you've given them. And Lord, I pray that you would make your face shine upon each and every one and be gracious to them. And you would lift up your countenance upon everybody.
and bless them with your peace. And I thank you, Jesus, for the peace of Jesus that goes beyond all comprehension to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.